Are we recording? No, too much, too much, too much, too much. Hey, everybody, welcome to Ducks Watch Together. I'm Josh. And I am Kylie. And on today's episode, we talk about Jordan Peele's Us. Well, we've we've done it, Kylie. We're we're on the other side. We've we've seen us. It was very upsetting. Oh yes. Film was very upsetting. Yeah. Of a film, I was not prepared for it. <laughs> I agree, Charlie. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, this would have been Charlie's, uh, one of his all-time favorite films. Because there's a lot of red. There's a lot of red. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but Kylie, before we, before we jump into Jordan Peele's Us, I have, I have some things. So I'm back. Oh, wait, no, I have something more important oh, okay. to talk sure, about. Sure, yeah, we could do this. Yeah. Okay, A, Josh. Yeah. Josh. Yes. Mystery guitar man, guy. Mystery guitar guy. Mystery guitar man. Mystery Guitar Man. Okay, yeah. And his film came here. Oh, the kid? No. No, wait, what? That's Vincent D'Onofrio. Vincent D'Onofrio is not Mystery Guitar Guy or Man. Who is Mystery Guitar Man? This is the director of Arctic. Arctic. Oh, Arctic. Yeah. Okay, yes. Yeah. yeah. So uh-huh. you know how, like, before last year we were like, Bo Burnham. Yes. Here, you can make a film. Okay. And now we're like, YouTuber, Mystery Guitar Guy, Man. Is that his literal name on YouTube? Yeah, that's his YouTube page. Oh my gosh. What have I done? Okay, go for it. You may also make a film now. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and it came here. It opened here. This That was a very upsetting film also. Oh, that... like, like, people in the audience came up to me. And they were like, are you okay? And I was like, I'm okay. And then, like, I was still there during the credits, and, like, the cleaners were like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah. And then I went to the bathroom, and some woman was like, mm, did you just get out of five feet apart? And you're like, no, no. Arctic. No. <laughs> Mads Mikkelsen fought some snow. <laughs> yeah, Arctic's good. If, if it's playing, you should go watch it. I don't like the survival films very much. Yeah. But, like, I liked this one. Yeah. D- did it help that, like, you just were like, oh, Mads. Mads <laughs> Middleton the whole time. You don't get to see his face half the time. It's covered in... He in, also yeah. doesn't speak very much. No. There's not a lot of dialogue <laughs> in this movie. I know. I was like, oh, another person. He'll get to... T- own. <sighs> but, yeah. So, Josh. Yeah. I... I'm not saying let's just give every YouTuber a film. Uh, why not? <laughs> Lindsay Ellis, what film is she going to make? Uh, I don't... I don't know if I want to see her make a film. Do you think it would be a literary adaptation? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, rules are that they have to create their own thing. Oh, okay. I'm alright with this. I guess that's the inquiry of the half four. <laughs> no, it's not. Which YouTubers should get their own movie? He's got another one coming out soon. It's a spacey film. Not space. Like, in space. Not Kevin. No, I... <laughs> I wasn't thinking that. I, I needed to clarify for myself. Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think Anna Kendrick's in it, so you're on board. Guitar Man's got this? Yeah. Man. Yeah. Who is Guitar Man and why is he giving <laughs> movies? 
What, do you think Mads Mickelson and Aaron Kendrick <laughs> were just on YouTube one day and like, oh, let's make a movie with this guy? Um, um there's another YouTube guy, uh, Columbus. He was also a YouTuber. The guy that did the Columbus film? With not Chris, John, not Christopher? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, exactly. With John Cho and Haley Lou Richardson. Wow. Yeah. YouTube, YouTube, YouTube. <laughs> That's the new path, apparently. <laughs> yeah. For it's no longer you make yourself a little indie film, but yeah. then you get a superhero film. It's that you make yourself a successful YouTube channel, and then you get an indie film, and then you make a superhero film. Great, good, we got this. I also saw the kid. You did. That was it. Was it was a movie? It was fine. Yeah. I also saw Captive State. Oh yeah, it's John Goodman, right? Yeah. Well, I didn't think he was the lead, but then it turns out he might have been. He was the first build actor, so I just kind of. Well, yeah. The second build actor is the teenager from Moonlight. Oh, interesting. Sharon. Uh huh. Yeah. I like that kid. Nice. He's been in like I've almost I'm pretty sure I've seen his whole filmography because he's got that film Moonlight. Uh huh. He's got Captive State. Yes. He's got a film. It takes place during the Civil War, and he's walking through a forest looking for his brother. Uh-huh. I don't remember what it's called. Great. I saw it. Okay. Equalizer 2. Yes. I don't know what else he's got. There you go. Maybe you've seen this whole filmography. Maybe it's time I've seen this whole kid's <laughs> filmography. Hey, friends, if you want to answer the inquiry Wait, of no, the Half-Square Fortnite, you can do so. This uh, is just my, like, my thing. No, it's good. I like it. Because neither is, of us uh, actually answered this question. Because okay. I don't think either of us watch... Well, I don't know. You're like, it's what I watch when I'm on YouTube, and I've run out of other things to watch. And I'm like, wow, I didn't know Josh was watching YouTube that much. Yeah, so it happens often. I have a YouTuber who I was definitely like, you should make a movie. His name is uh, Tony Zhao. Wow. He is the um, guy behind the YouTube channel Every Frame a Painting. And it's a lot of film analysis and a lot of like interesting things on what makes, um, just basically what makes good film good and how what separates it from popular film and then just kind of deep dive analysis on a lot of diff different film te technologies and things along those lines but the way he edits his films together I really think it would be he would be an interesting storyteller as well I mean yeah so, maybe yeah. Then he should be an editor maybe he should be maybe he is <laughs> I, maybe that's what you need to do yeah cause like I get that you need like a director who's good right uh -huh. you know what you also need what an editor to not make Bohemian Rhapsody <laughs> yeah I mean there is <laughs> cut, the argument cut, cut. There is that argument to be made that the editors made Bohemian Rhapsody. I wish that in that film there were, like, wipes. Have you seen... Oh my gosh, there should be wipes. Have you seen that the YouTube video of the editor's acceptance speech edited as if it were Bohemian Rhapsody? No. It's pretty good. It's a solid. Good bit. Solid bit, everybody. You should look that up, everybody. Great, that's my answer to the inquiry. What What do you What do you got? What's a YouTuber that should make a movie? I don't watch YouTube very much. You got Lindsay Ellis. I don't think she should. <laughs> you got um. Do you watch um? Sometimes I watch Nostalgia Critic. Okay. He's weird. Yeah. 
But I mostly just watch his recent stuff because he does a lot of things that I've never seen and I'm like, oh. Um, huh. <sighs> yeah, I don't... <laughs> should, uh... Should Watch Mojo make a movie? Just, like, the Watch Mojo team? It would just be a list. Yeah, a list of their <laughs> movies. <laughs> it's just people sitting around in bars talking boom, about boom, other movies. Boom, boom, <laughs> My dinner with Watch Mojo. Yeah. Oh, great, perfect. <laughs> yeah, and the movie is going to be about the top five meta movies. Deadpool. I'm gonna figure out what else is metal. Meta. Okay, while you figure out what else is meta. Scream. Uh huh. I'm really upset by this meme that I saw. That's like, it's not too late. Deadpool could show up at the end of Endgame or the end credits scene and be like, I was late because of the merger, guys. And I'm like, no, thank you. No, thank you, meme. I don't need this in my life. I don't need the end of Endgame to be self-referential about Deadpool. Can you? Can I tell you why I don't care about that film? Like, at all. Which film? Endgame. Okay, yeah. Uh-huh. Why I just... I'm not worried. I'm not worried at all. What, well, there's nothing to no, be worried here, about. No, here. No, here. Okay, Me. Okay. Oh, Josh. Yeah, I'm with you. Okay? Uh-huh. The Spider-Man Far From Home trailer. Okay. That's the reason why. Oh, okay. Okay. One. Agreed. Sorry. One. Active listening. One. Remember how, like, you know, post uh, 9-11, where people were kind of unsteady about life, and, like, there was some fear in our society and things, and, like, uh, we, like, our lives kind of had changed, right? Spider-Man's fine. They're going to Europe. This class is just picking up where they left off and they're going on a trip to Europe. You know, in most cases, after half of the population has died, you might not be like, ho, 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 let's go to Europe, post everything being fine. So that tells me, like, maybe we're just going to go back in time and fix it all and then everything, those two films won't have mattered. Two. Okay, uh-huh. <laughs> no one seems emotionally damaged by the thing. Yeah. Spider-Man's just like... His biggest concerns, as far as I've seen, is that Marissa Tomei may be dating Happy Hogan. I mean, these are giant concerns <laughs> in a teenager's life. When your mother figure starts to date again. And he's like, I'm not going to be Spider-Man when I'm in London. I'm going to take a break, even though half the population just died. Spider-Man 2? Spider-Man 2, are you here? No, okay, well, half the population didn't die in that. Well, fair. <laughs> Josh, this is a huge crisis. Okay. So... What I'm saying is, uh -huh. it doesn't feel like it mattered. <laughs> I'm agreeing with you. What... Half-heartedly? ...should have happened is... <laughs> they don't release the trailer. Yes, but Sony said, no, no, we're gonna release the trailer. This is... It's... This what, is what happens yeah. when you make a deal with another company. Yeah. Like, if you want me to care about this other film, you either need to buy Sony out completely and bury or they already bought Fox. They're working on it. <laughs> I thought Sony made like video games. 
And is that a thing? Yeah, they they're the, the PlayStation. PlayStation. Yeah, and crazy. they also like they're a huge giant tech company. They're so, also not American based. So I don't care. Yeah. Is okay. Great. Final sentiment. Perfect. I'm glad that you don't care about <laughs> Endgame. We're still gonna watch it. I just no stakes. You going in? You going into that house looking for a steak? No stakes in the steakhouse. It, it, it's but okay. This is the same. Like this is the problem. Maybe not the problem, but like I will say problem because. When you read a comic, when you read a comic franchise, you know inherently, no matter what the stakes, no matter what the world, all fine. Mm -hmm. Everything's good. You're not going in really for the stakes. You can't. Because you know at the end of the day, whatever happens at the end of that, they're just going to at some point down the line reboot it, restart it, rewrite it, get it back to where it was. But I will say that at least with some characters, when it's done right, like there are impacts emotionally on these characters. Yes. And like there are like not the stakes of people dying, the stakes of the emotional like trauma and loss and this, that, the other. Right. But... I still don't see that in this. Well, right. And when you bring the comic world to the screen, you're going to have similar issues. And especially as the MCU gets more and more, becomes more and more closer to actual comics, then you're going to get these issues. And, and I will say that within Infinity War, there are actual emotional moments, even though like the, I don't ever believe the stakes of that film will mean anything. And that I... I've been on record that says the moment you undo any death prior to Thanos getting the Soul Stone is the moment you undo that movie. Mm -hmm. You know? And it will happen. Like... Yeah. I think Gamora is a real emotional... Gamora in that film is the one that brings emotion to me and just her yeah. relationship with Karen Gilliam and yeah absolutely but other than that I'm just kind of like no no Doctor Strange use the make the portal and cut off the hand yeah right like <laughs> Wong did it <laughs> yeah this is why we could like, this is why Ant-Man wasn't there this is why Wong wasn't there at the end it's because oh, they is... would have figured it out <laughs> That's why Wasp couldn't be there, because she would just murder Thanos so what instantly. What saying is that our, the real team we need is Ant-Man, <laughs> Wasp, Captain Marvel, and Wong. Yeah. Like, this is the real Avengers. Like, here we go. They're gonna, it's gonna be like a 20-minute short film with uh, those four. And Hawkeye. And Hawkeye. We yes. need someone to cheer him on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just shooting arrows at these aliens. He's, uh, he'll be in the crow's nest. I'm sorry. <laughs> Hurry up, guys. I'm sorry to root for this guy. He's just sitting up there, like, just <laughs> shooting arrows at Thanos just to annoy him, like little flies. <laughs> so get away. What are you doing? Or Thor could have, like, chopped off the arm. Who knows? There's options. Should have aimed for the head. Should have aimed for the arm. <laughs> uh, all right, friends. If you want to answer the inquiry of the half fortnight, which is... Which YouTuber should make their own movie? Also, you can do so also are you excited for Infinity you War? You can also find us on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. If you leave us a five-star review or any star review, as well as uh, Facebook at Friend of a Friend Podcast. Also, hit that subscribe button while you're on the uh, iTunes. Oh. just a sad little sound. Oh, there you go. Oh, good, there you go. And now, on with the show. Uh, Kylie, 
I'm gonna have to save my other banter for future episodes. Oh no, no worries. What's banter? We got we got plenty of time to banter. Yes. <laughs> but now it's time to dive deep. To dive deep. To dab dab. Why? Why would you do that? This this mean and rude, Kylie. To deep dive into Jordan Peele's Us. As usual, we will have a spoiler section and a non-spoiler section. I'm going to say a sentence out loud. I think the not-spoiler section is going to be rather short. Not really sure how to talk about this movie very successfully without talking about it in spoiler terms. So it opens on this family in a car, and they're singing, I got five on it. I mean, and then she's trying to get the boy to get in That's how the trailer in, like, opens. Yeah, we're just going <laughs> to... Yeah. The non-spoiler section is just, just talking about the trailer. The trailer. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, before, before we jump into that. Before the film starts, I turned to Sylvana and I said, I'm really nervous about this. And she goes, I'm not. So to get her on my level, I said, bunnies might die in this. And then I turn away. And that was the end of our conversation before the film started. I turn over <laughs> to Anne uh, at the very beginning and I'm like, do you think Jordan Peele was watching The Favorite? And then we're just like, oh, you're a ghost. You beat him to it. No. No? Okay. No. No, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think he was pretty much like, okay. He was just like, yeah, great minds. I'm going to get an Oscar nomination for this. <laughs> uh, That's the secret. It's yeah. just bunnies. Bunnies. Um, hey, let's uh, talk about expectations. Ugh. What you got? What were your expectations for us? I was going to cry. Yeah? Yeah. So, Josh, you know how people have rational fears? <laughs> yes. Okay? Uh-huh. Perfectly regular fears to have in life. Yes. Okay? You have some snakes and fire. Uh-huh. I've got everything. <laughs> I don't think you're afraid of everything, Kylie. I'm, like, afraid of, like, drowning. That's, like, a big one. Okay. Um, you're, you're not afraid of this Ninja Turtle right here. No. Getting lost is a big thing. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The like, plot of Arctic is yeah. a huge one. Uh, yeah, I don't think I could. Um, so, like, rational fears. Yeah, right? But then, like, there are irrational fears. Kind of like your nightmare fears. For you, fire snakes. Yes, yes, yeah. Okay, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> for me, having to fight myself in a doppelganger. You know who agrees with you on that fear? John. Jordan Peele. Oh, Jordan Peele. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, this goes back to, you know, like, playing Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time and having to fight Bad Link. This goes back to, like, all those books where it's like, and then the clone or the copy, you had to fight them. And like, oh, I'm not okay with this because they're going to know all of my tricks. It's true. They think like you think. They think like I think. So I was like, okay, so that's not an option either. Can I tell you? <laughs> can I tell you that if like I ever ran into this situation, I'd be fine, because like yeah, they think like I think. So they're gonna be like, should we just, should we just talk it out? Well, they might be murderous. Yeah, but they're my doppelganger. But they can still be a murderous version. Well, maybe they'll murder. They me. don't think exactly like maybe you. Maybe they'll murder me with words. <sighs> or. Or, or <laughs> they'll just try to like annoy me with the scissors and they'll accidentally like slice. Um, so 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 I, I saw the trailer and uh-huh. it took me a very long time to finish the trailer because I was like, nope. 
<laughs> nope. You're like, boom, 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 out, done, <laughs> period. Yeah, when the doppelgangers popped up in the trailer, I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> You're like, shh. <laughs> Somehow you just stopped the trailer in the movie theater? Oh, I closed my eyes. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, that, those were my thoughts. Those yep, were my uh-huh. expectations. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I had any, but out of usual expectations for this film, Jordan Peele being a director who I like because of Get Out and a performer who I enjoy because of the uh, Key and Peele show. Um, I w- I was expecting it to be interesting. I was expecting it to be well made. It was both of those things. And I was expecting it to be challenging in a way um, that I'm not totally sure if I saw when I got into the film. So I'm not going to say I'm disappointed by the film, but I will say that for me, and just to start transitioning, I guess, a little bit into like some of the analysis of the film, it was more of a traditional horror film or even a traditional home invasion film than I think I was thinking. Um, I was... We spend a lot of time in in Act 2 of this film just trapped in a location with the doppelgangers and... Which, they're called the Tethered. That's what they're referred to as the film. So, they're the Tethered people. Um, And so, we spend so much time with with the the families that I was like oh is this is this what the rest of the movie is because I was hoping for more and then it gets there but I'm just not, not ever sure if it's as satisfactory as and I think it's a little unfair to continue to c- compare it to get out but at this point it's kind of the only comparison point that I've got because I don't think there's a lot of filmmakers doing what Jordan Peele is doing on the level that Jordan Peele is doing it at. So he's kind of the only game in town to compare himself to. It just just wasn't as societally satisfying as I wanted it to be. But that doesn't mean that it's bad. Can I ask a question? Yes. Do you like this more or less than... Get Out? Get Out. Less. Me too. Yeah. Good movie. Really good movie. Yeah. Solid movie. Not as good as Get Out. It's your number one right now. It is my number one of the year. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. 2019. <laughs> We're throwing back to 2016. Yeah, right? Where I was <laughs> horror film at number one. <laughs> the biggest shock. Biggest shocker of all. <laughs> no, the biggest shock this year has been that it's gone from 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 Escape Room to Happy Death Day to you. No, whoa, whoa. To us. No. What? Was there something in between? Wasn't, like, the kid who would be king number one at oh, one point? Oh, kid who would be king. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. We did it. I I made a new list on Letterboxd. I think you should check out. Alright, well, while <laughs> I go check out that new list on Letterboxd, what are your initial thoughts there on, on us? Um... I think that... I think that what Jordan Peele is doing and that what I appreciate from him is that he's trying to make, he's using conventional horror, horror, like tropes, but like, I don't mean that in a bad way, but he's spinning them in a way 
that is different and unique by the way that he uses his story. Um, Us has an, a, has a lot of influences on it from other films, other horror films specifically. And there's a shot at the early on in the beginning of the film where you see these line of different films just yeah. in the shot. And I was looking at them and like there were two specifically that I could read easily. There were a few there there are a few more and I couldn't read them all. And I was like, okay. And then as I was watching the movie, I was like, Oh, I okay, I see things here that's yes. happening. One of those horror movies good. One of those movies is weird. Weird that he's like, yes. <laughs> this is what I shall bring up. I don't remember what the f- there's four things that are referenced there and I remember three of them. What three do you remember? So the right stuff is there, not a horror movie. Mm-hmm. The Goonies is there. The Goonies was there. Kind of a horror movie. Yeah. Um, Chud. Chud. Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, didn't see the right stuff in there. Couldn't probably couldn't read it. Nah. But I do remember the Goonies. But the right stuff is a movie that is being referenced a lot recently. Really? Yeah. It's also uh, it's the box that's held up in Captain Marvel. When she's in the video store trying to figure out where she is. And then, um, I guess maybe not referenced, but uh, First Man is a very similar film to The Right Stuff. Well, yeah, it's, I yeah. mean, like... Maybe cinema- we should just do an episode on The Right Stuff. No thanks. Cinematic Universe. No, no come on. Let's, we should we'll be for no other reason than, like, it exists. Josh, no, no. <laughs> it's taking me so long to get School of Rock an episode. You can't just be like, oh, because we want to. I mean, listen, it's being referenced because a lot Because it rhymes. The right stuff. Because it rhymes. What rhymes? <laughs> There's an episode coming on that we're doing. It's coming up pretty <laughs> oh, soon. Yeah. That we're doing because it rhymes. It does rhyme. It does rhyme. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Go on. You were talking about these four, these two horror films. Um, and and throughout the film, I was just watching, and I was like, I see how they're influencing. Maybe not so much like the film itself or the character, but there are references yes. to those horror films within this film. And there are references within 80s culture throughout this film also. And he has said that as a director, he likes to wear his influences on his sleeves. He's not trying to hide them by any way, mm-hmm. shape, or form. And so I think that's really clear as to who, who what he's doing with those films. And especially if you've seen or know what they're about. And the only one that I didn't know anything about was Chud. I, 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 like, I think I'd heard of it. Okay, so um, in Chud. But, <laughs> but like I've done some research. Oh, you couldn't just let me explain. Go for it. Well, there's a sequel, and it's called Bud the Chud. <laughs> Chud no. 2, Bud the Chud. Why? Why are we doing things to everybody? What are we doing? <laughs> Tell our audience. Well, <laughs> it's a little bit of a spoiler for this oh, film. Oh, okay. Well, fair enough. <laughs> so sorry. You were just going to say, in Chud, and I feel like I cut you off with that sentence. <laughs> um, but what I want to say about this film, because I was doing this through the movie, because I'm a... Er, er, not arrogant, not ignorant, like arrogant, like uppity person. Okay. Uh-huh. Where like there are lines that are said, and I turn to Sylvana and I go, <laughs> like if someone was like, man, I really wish, uh... none of these lines are said in the film, but like if it was like, man, I really wish uh... I had a new pair of headphones, I would like turn to Sylvana and be like, they're gonna get killed with a pair of headphones. Yes. Um, very, very, very apparent to this film, uh, in this film, 
There are lots of those things. And as I was watching it, I was like, okay, I, I see what's going to happen. Yes. The structure of the film is really... Did you find my list? Yeah. Uh, Slavan's <laughs> list of uh, 2019 films. Question. Yeah. Uh, is this ranked or is this in... It's in the order of which she's seen them. But did the first movie, she didn't... I'm confused then. The or, list order here is Happy Death Day to You. Yeah. Lego Movie 2. Yeah. Hidden World. Yeah. Captain Marvel. Uh-huh. Captive State. Uh-huh. Us. Yeah. The first movie she saw of 2019 was Happy Death Day to You? Yeah, for my birthday. She didn't go to the movies until then? What was she gonna go see in January? Dog's Journey? Yeah, I'm the only one that wanted to see that. I mean... <laughs> You probably could have dragged one of us to it had we had time. No. Okay, I just wanted to make sure that was true, because, like, Happy That Day to You didn't come out till Valentine's Day. Yeah, but we forget Snowpocalypse. Oh, Snowpocalypse. So, like, yeah. the first one we were going to see was Lego Movie 2, but then we couldn't, because, like... Okay, alright, fair enough. Okay. I'm, I'm excited to see where this goes, maybe at the end of the year. Because, like, I always ask her, like, what was your favorite movie, movie of this year? She's like, I don't remember what I saw. And now you can just pull it up yeah. and be like, this. This is what you saw. Rank it. <laughs> Put it in an order. <laughs> nice. Um, The structure of this film. is it, It's pretty obvious of setup and payoff. I don't think the story of where the film goes is all that obvious. I was engaged and I was really interested into the how and why this is happening. And so that to me is something that his filmmaking in general, the way that he stages shots, the way that he sets up, pays off story, story moments, the way that his characters interact, the relationships that he's established, um, the visuals that he uses, his, the, it just, he is a fantastic filmmaker. And the the level, the skill level that is on display in this film is quite high. So there are some very basic elements of us that in a lesser filmmaker's hands might have rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. But because I knew I was in such a good, good filmmaker's hands, I, I didn't mind some of the like setup payoff that was rather quite obvious um or some of the influences that were rather quite obvious i think the first 30 35 minutes of this film you can tell are very much influenced by not only the films that are there but the the young son jason in the film wears a jaws t-shirt and i think that that is a very clear reference to uh influence on what he's doing i thought he was wearing a chewbacca mask no. And others have said werewolf. And I was like, oh, Wolfman? I think it, I got more wolf, werewolf kind of thing there because of the teeth. Chewbacca can have teeth. Yeah, but he doesn't. Well, maybe in a mask form they give it to him. I mean, but it was Toys like. Toys are wrong all the time. scary teeth. I had to open a pop. It was I opened scary a pop teeth. Okay. recently. Uh-huh. A terrible story. Yeah. Okay, got my. Wait, you opened it? I have to tell you the story. Okay. I got my Bulbasaur pop, right? Okay. Uh -huh. And Bulbasaur is not a person standing, right. looking out the box, yes. right? Uh huh. Um, so, like, usually with like animals, they're turned to the side, they're tilted, right? Uh huh. I open the box, and guess what I see? What? His bum bum. <gasps> I don't see his face. Oh, no. So, I opened the box so I could turn him around, and then I closed the box. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> the value went down on that one. That's fine. Okay. 
You can see him, though. Yeah. Uh, That's what matters to me. I don't need his bum bum <laughs> just <laughs> looking at me. Bulbasaur's bum bum. Yeah. Charmander's coming out. Oh, there you go. Okay, so... You were like, he wears a Jaws Right, he wears shirt. a Jaws t-shirt, and the, the aspects of Jaws and the influence of that film are very clear, I think, on the first 30 to 35 minutes of the movie. Mm-hmm. Performances? What are, your, what, are your, what are your thoughts on some of these performances? So Jordan Peele continues his journey to collect all of the Black Panther cast members. He's got three so far. I mean, fair. I know that one of them was before. Before, but so. it's still in his collection. Yes. <laughs> so he picked up Lupita Nyong'o. Yep. And Winston Duke. Mm-hmm. Great. Mbaku himself. Mbaku himself. <laughs> Um, I thought Lupita was very good. Yes. I even thought these children were very good. Agreed. Um, the daughter mm-hmm. is a musical theater actor. She played young Nala in The Lion King for many years and will actually she's be- She's doing that again. In, for the film. She was in Hairspray Live. She played Little Inez. Yes. Anyways, um, where was I going? Yeah, you made me lose. Oh, Sorry. Winston Duke. Duke. Baku himself. Not Churchill. Not <laughs> Winston Duke. Winston Churchill is in this movie, yes. Winston Duke himself. Um, I don't know if it was his performance or sometimes that characterization, mm-hmm. but there were times I was like, a little, little, little flat or like a little unnecessary. And I right. think that was just because like in these moments of like tension, like he was like, What's happened? Or, like, why are you... Like, he was just, like, throwing down jokes or throwing down things. And we're over here, like, dude, that guy looks like you. That guy is you. Why are you, like, making a joke? Okay, counter take to this. Yes. I like his performance a lot. And I like what he adds to this movie Mm -hmm. because... It brings that added depth and layers to these characters. And he's kind of that, like joke joke dad and that's who he is and he is the comic relief of the film and so to lighten that tension Jordan Peele in this movie doesn't do a lot of the usual horror of like build 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 jump scare release build 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 jump scare release he's just like tension build it always and go higher forever until the movie's over Mm -hmm. and so the way that he does this release is with Winston Duke's character of having those humorous moments and he gives you those little bit of releases the other point that I want to say to that is his family every single time that he's like ah jokey joke or like they have the same reaction as the audience yeah they're like shut up shut up you yeah I I, I get that in the film everyone is reacting to it but like just for me as I was watching it I was like this isn't a time like like Oh, I don't have any cash, but you can take my credit card. And I'm like, this is your doppelganger family. Can yeah. you not tell? Yeah. Like, uh, question for you. Okay. Maybe something that I missed. Uh-huh. Uh, this might be a spoiler question. I don't think so, though. Okay. At Early on in the film, during the first kind of invasion thing, he gets injured. And I didn't see where or how. Where? When? Like, at the very beginning? Yes. Where the people went and Yeah, I know him? it's when he's being dragged. Uh-huh. I just don't know what happened. So when he's trying to close the door, uh-huh. like, he has the bat, and they take the bat from him, and they hit him with the bat. Oh, okay. And because then... for the rest of the film, which, 
I love this choice actually. For the rest of the film, he has, he's a, limp. A, has a limp and is is injured, and therefore he can't be the patriarchal lead of his family anymore. Because um, even when he didn't have the limp, he was pretty terrible at it. Yes, <laughs> but it was just one of those really nice choices that allow. Here's what happens when you try to take the lead here. <laughs> yes. But it also allowed for, unquestionably, the Lupita Nyong'o character to be the leader of this family. Oh, also this film explored another, like, actual rational fear that I have. Uh Uh-huh. So, like, they're in this house with all these, like, glass walls, essentially. Glass doors everywhere. Uh Uh-huh. Several. Several of them. You know what my house has? The same deal. Okay. Which, like... At nighttime, always afraid to look out at them because I'm like, what if someone's out there? What if someone's standing right there? So, like, I blissfully ignore it because I don't want to see my death coming. I thought your irrational fear was going to be, what if I just walked into it? Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, that would be mine. Just, like, forget that there's a door there. Just go. No. <laughs> you are not a spy in disguise. No. I can I can tell that there's glass. Yes. They're, they have... They now they have the thing where it's like the line across it, so like when you look at it, you're like, oh, that's not the outside world. Do you think that's gonna be a joke in Spies in Disguise? We're like, cause birds can't. Oh, Windex. <laughs> yeah, like birds can't see like glass apparently. So run into it. Anyway, um, it was also a joke in that soccer caveman film. First man? No, not first man. Early man. <laughs> early man. Early man? Is that what it's called? Yes, it's called early man. <laughs> I just like the idea that first man is a soccer caveman film. <sighs> okay. Um, Lupita Nyong'o. Mm-hmm. Uh, first film in which she's actually credited as the lead of her entire career. So, good for her. Like, yeah, yeah. But also sad for Hollywood. Um, Pretty sure she's the lead of Force Awakens. Lupita Nyong'o? Yeah. <laughs> Maz Kanata was the lead of that film. Well, it's just, I think her career took her to a place where she won a, she won a supporting Oscar for 12 Years a Slave, and then Disney was like, hello, come here, be in all of our movies. Supporting. Supporting. Uh, I also just think that in Hollywood, women of color don't get a ton of lead yeah. roles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it's, that's another, like, exciting thing for her and for Hollywood to be like, let's, let's, she's an actor who can and deserves to carry many movies. So I'm excited that this is at least a first for her and that we get to move forward with it. I really liked a lot of what she did in this movie. Um... I think that her she delivers two performances, as but they're the same side of the character. You know, they're the same character, but just different sides of this character is what I meant. Sorry. Same coin, different sides. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is good, good metaphor there. So, but what I love about what she's able to do with it is, is that you never question her her motivations or her character choices, they always just seem to come very naturally and flow out of her. And there's only one scene in particular that I was kind of off board with what she was doing. And then I it kind of settled more into it and it made sense. The first time that you kind of really see her as the doppelganger form is a little jarring. And it just seems as if it's a little much 
But then once it's established and built into the rest of that society that's being shown, it it makes a it makes a lot more sense, and it comes you you come around to that performance, or at least that side of the performance. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, let's go. Let's do it. All right. Um, wait, hang on before we get there. Sorry. Um, I'm going to put a pen because we're going to jump into it and I'll get right back to it. Uh, final, not final, but like like thoughts. Last non-spoilery thoughts. Recommend the movie, yay or nay. Yeah. Yeah, go see it. Good thing. Uh, we haven't talked a lot about the social commentary of the film and I want to do that more in the spoiler section. But what I will say is, is I don't think it's as clean as get out i think there is social commentary and i think that you can kind of see what you want into it but it's not as clean crisp and clear as what what he had presented before so map for our interpretation yes i mean get out is to to certain extents but like he's his hand there is much more like no think think like this this yeah. is what i want yeah um but with this he's like well, the 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 kind of obvious symbolism is like in a lot of the advertisements they're using ink blots, like Rorschach test ink blots, and I think that that's a really good representation of what this film is. Is you can look at it and you can get lots out of it, but what each individual person is going to take away from it, I think, is very different than somebody else. You could there are the different spectrums of completely understanding what Jordan Peele meant, all the way to this is just a home invasion movie. Uh, it's a pretty standard horror movie. And anything in between is up to you. Mm-hmm. Alright. Spoilers, 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 spoilers. We're going to spoil the film now. Spoils, spoils, spoils. Lots of spoiling will happen. If you haven't seen us, you certainly should turn off this podcast right now and go see us and come back. Spoilers, 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 spoilers. We're going to do it. We're swear. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Um, it's it's not their daughter what (laughs) what spoiler is that well you know at the beginning it's not a spoiler the film tells you the film tells you from the beginning there there's a scene early on where they're at a therapist's office with young lupita like playing with dolls and or animals in some sandbox and like they're in the therapist's office and they're like that's not our daughter Mom, and I was like, the mother says, "I want my daughter back." Oh yeah, and I was yeah. like, "Oh yeah, that okay." So they traded place. It's like parent trap. Okay, I agree with you that I think <laughs> that there are several hints and clues. Oh, sorry, sorry. The big spoiler of this movie is at the very, very end. The 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 Shyamalan esque twist of this movie is Lupita Nyong'o, the character that we know as Adelaide, was actually the tethered red the whole time Mm -hmm. and the one who was trying to escape the tethered world the underworld of it was the original adelaide they swapped they did all switcheroo an old parent trap yeah yeah which like when that line was said i was kind of like is this and then i kind of was like no no oh oh, okay it is yeah Jordan um, Peele, I think, does a good job of disguising that tra- that that twist. Um, but I also think that if you wanted to see it, it was there the whole time. Mm-hmm. And even like with things with the Jeremiah eleven eleven, like just that clue 
mm-hmm. is also kind of a thing of like, oh, the because the Jeremiah eleven eleven quote is essentially I don't know a verbatim. I'm sorry, everyone, right. but it's like I'm I'm a send something terrible on y'all, and you're gonna have to deal with it. Yes, like that. That's um, like it's like I'm gonna send a monster out there, and there's nothing you can do about it. And so when I saw that, I was kind of like. Okay. Yeah. So, like, there's something bad gonna happen. Uh, but then, like, with Lupita's performance of it, it kind of un... Like, it kind of, like... (sighs) Okay, so, like, it kind of unravels to the beginning, but then with Lupita's performance and, like, how freaked out she is and everything, Mm -hmm. it kind of ravels it back up, and you're kind of like, okay, no, that thought that I had, not so much. She's just freaking out because of what she saw. It seems like it's PTSD. Um, but then, like, as the film keeps going and, like, she becomes more outwardly violent, you're kind of like, okay. Yeah. I, maybe this is more so about, like, me and how I feel about twists, but I don't love it in the sense of I think it does a lot of harm and a lot of unraveling to what was initially happening in the film. Um, I the pen up here that I had was like all of her choices made made like logical sense and they were motivated and the characters all made sense, and then this twist happens at the very very end, and so much of what we thought we knew to be true was wrong, which I understand is the point of a twist. But this movie in particular didn't engage me enough to... So Anne and I were having this conversation. I'll back this up a little bit. Anne and I were having this conversation in the car on the way home from the movie about, like, with Get Out, like, if you look at the plot of that movie, it's a weird movie about brain swapping. If you look at the plot of this movie, it's a weird movie about underground people coming to take over the above-ground Life swapping. Life swapping. In Get Out, the commentary was so strong, and what he was trying to say about society in general and how he was using the horror movie to comment on it was so strong. I don't really care that I don't understand the intricacies of how this brain swap works. In Us, there's enough room, and there's not enough, I don't know if it's overt or direct or whatever it might be, and this might be my lacking of skill on the first watch but there's not enough in here in us for me to not ask the questions of like well yeah but if you're gonna do this weird twisty twist here at the end how does it affect this and this and this and this like it just starts to unravel so much of what the movie is and then you're already in there thinking like my biggest questions were like well how and why is this happening and those questions aren't necessarily the film doesn't care about those questions it will answer them to some distinct to some extent for you about how the doppelgangers happen and why they're there and that they're a form of government experiment government experiment that was abandoned and how they survived is on rabbits blah 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 like it'll it'll give you the answers but it's not interested in them that, that much and so it kept wanting it kept asking i then felt wanted more from the film because I wasn't being as emotionally satisfied as I was previously. And a lot of that, I think, does tie in to that final twist for me. 
only because if that final twisty twist didn't exist, I would I would have been like, okay, I can just the movie justifies a lot of these things. But now you're starting for me to question the emotional arc that the characters went on and how those things all made sense. And that's to me harmful to this movie. It's easier for me to see Red's connection. Uh-huh. Then I don't know Lupita's uh, Adelaide. Adelaide. Then Adelaide's journey because with Red, when you're watching the film, you're like, okay, so the, all of the, all the tethered when they're down in their basement, they don't all wear red. It's right. only when they've decided to go up into the streets that they go. And, yes, and you're like, okay, that's because she saw the Ma- Michael Jackson video and he wore all red. Yes. And that was that. No. Why do they have the one glove as well? Why do they have the scissors? Because she watched Nightmare on Elm Street or she has seen that image yes. of the scissor hands. Yeah. And so like, and like the last thing, one of the last commercials she sees before she's taken. When she's even got the hands across America like, shirt yeah. on. Yeah. And so like, when you see that, it's easier to see from red her connection to her her choices and her connection. Yeah. She's also the only, like, one of the only tethered that we see that can speak English. And I think that's because of the switch. Mm-hmm. That's because that girl, when she, when Red was above ground, she could talk. She could, she could speak. She had a relationship with, mm-hmm. with the above ground world. And that's why when the, when after the switch, she wasn't talking above. Yeah. She wouldn't speak because she didn't know how to. Yeah. It's not, and so, like, there are things like that where you see, but, like, for Lupita, and I don't know if, like, that final memory where she made the swap was repressed or something. Yeah, see, that brings up all those questions. And had it been repressed, it's like, maybe I can see the, 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 yeah. But if it's not, then it's like, her fear then has to be justified by like her guilt of like I've done some not I don't know if it's guilt but like I've done something bad and it's gonna come back I and would, get me. I would say it's more so fear of being caught. Like mm-hmm. you don't want to go back to the quote unquote scene of the crime. Yeah, you know where you made this switch, and that's where I start to question the structure of the film. Then is because you set up so much of this as. She doesn't remember. She's getting flashbacks. It might be slight PTSD from the situation. Like, and that's why she doesn't want to also kill her tethered children. Like, because they're in some universe hers. Yeah, yeah. Because, because like with like the other family, she's like, now nah, I'm going to kill these people. But oh. then when it came to like the version of hers, and like when I watched it, I was like, oh, it's because like they look like her children. Yeah. But then it's kind of like, oh, is it because? They look like her children or because she feels like she has some connection to them because in quote unquote, they are her people. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the hands across America is an interesting reference. Uh, but also I think it leads into the more that I've, I've, so I've listened to a couple interviews with Jordan Peele since this since I watched the movie and then done some reading and things there. And I was like, I knew the hands across America thing had to represent more than what it initially appears to represent, which is just a vehicle, an idea on how to get the, the unseen scene. Which, when you kind of do a little bit of research into Hands Across America, and if you're not familiar with what it is and what it was for, it was basically uh, 
the people of America were teaming up to... And homelessness? To fight fight poverty and homelessness in America and Africa. Like, those were its goals. But essentially, it's the same thing as when you're like, show your hashtag Twitter support for this cause by hashtagging this sentence. But you're really not doing anything except for saying, like, hashtag. And you really weren't doing anything except for going out there, buying a t-shirt, and standing in a line. Like, it didn't, it is perceived as a failure of a movement. Flactivism. Yes, even though it had a very good motivation and intent. And then when you pair that on top of us, us is and can be seen as a read, and this I think is, Peel is very specifically not talking about his actual meaning of the film. He's like, I did that for Get Out, told everybody what it was about, and that was good here. For this, I want to, this is me dealing with issues in America that I think are prevalent, plus the fallout of Get Out for me. So I don't want to talk about it, you all figure it out. So I think for putting in this Hands of America kind of, aspect of it we are looking at the forgotten or the homeless or the underseen in our society and in a way the film can be seen as as the underseen of our society the 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 people who are experiencing poverty and homelessness and the general system keeping them down the the class system the economic class system that we have trying to rise up and being seen. And the only way that they can rise up and be seen in in this case is through an extreme movement and violence. And I think that those are all really interesting concepts that, that he's playing with here. And once you kind of grasp around why the Hands of America reference is there, I think the film starts to make a little bit more sense as to what he's trying to do. I'm not sure if it comes together all that successfully, and I don't want to say it's all because of one moment, but, like, if that's the message that you're trying to get across, why the, why the twist? Why, why is, does, it, does it matter, then, that she was originally part of the underground? Josh, if I say I don't know what I mean, he's fair. saying, is that also okay of yes. me? Yes, yeah. Because, like, I... <laughs> Left the theater going, I don't know what just happened. (laughs) Fair. Um, As I was watching it, I was kind of like, okay, so I I get the statement of like an underclass or an an underrepresented or underseen population going, uh, rising up to make a stand to make themselves be seen. Yes. And the way that they, this particular group in this movie did it was by killing everyone around them yes. so that they were the only ones left so to be seen. hands across America. Yes. yes. Um, and so I was like, I was like, Jordan, what, what can we do so that that's not what happened? And I think maybe that's his question. Mm-hmm. I, I, in a weird way, I think that he would... He would appreciate that question and say, yes, what can you do? How can you make the underseen more seen? Because because in order to make the underseen seen and their voices heard, 
without the complete annihilation of everyone else yes. was that this family, I think their name's the Wilsons or the Winstons. Yes, the Wilsons. The Wilsons. Uh, their, their thing was to fight back. Yes. And the violence on violence. And so their means of survival for this group that was un, so this unseen wants to be seen. And the only way that this family could continue their way of life was to way of life in quotations was by violence once again by these yeah. under unseen and so it's almost I get like in our society or in America right now there's like this idea of when when someone is like hey man that's not cool and then everyone else goes at them with extreme harshism, yeah. harsh words. And even if it's not violence, even, like, just on the internet. Yeah. If someone was just like, hey, this comment is sexist or racist or homophobic or what have you, um, the, the masses that attack them. Yeah. And so, like, when an un underseen questions against that, in a, in a even in a peaceful way, they're attacked back, and so like the Wilsons are almost like the ones attacking back. But I get that they're also just trying to survive themselves. Yeah, I so like there there's a lot happening here, yes. and I'm like, what do what 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 do you want? What, what are you saying? Should I tweet that? At him? Hey, hey Jordan Peele, what do you want? <laughs> what do you want from me? <laughs> I. Which is why I don't think that Us, at the end of the day, is as successful of a film as Get Out. I think that I'm really glad that he took a swing, and I'm really glad that he's establishing his voice, and that I think, in terms of even just raw filmmaking and shot composition and just those aspects, Us improves upon Get Out. But it's the storytelling aspect of it that I think is a little bit lacking. He almost seems to have either it's it's simultaneously somehow too many ideas that he's trying to put forward and not enough clarity to any of those ideas to really make the film thrive, I think, in that cultural way that a Get Out did. I think Us is going to do very well at the box office. I'm really happy that it is a film that will have, that is being made in the studio system. I'm really excited that it got a huge release and that it's going to start asking these questions of its audience. Because I remember when Get Out was coming out, we were like, okay, tentatively, Get Out is on the calendar because we yeah. didn't know if it was going to open here. Yes. Um, yeah. And now it's like, oh, there's 17 showings at one theater today. Yeah, exactly. And so that's exciting. That's very exciting. And also as far as like the horror movie genre, at least we're not continuing to just make schlock and we yes. are trying to use horror in the correct way, which is to say something about our society. Yeah, it continues the trend of prestige horror that's been going on right now. Um, I will say that us... For the first, most of the film, yeah, <laughs> it's it's really like the last thirty or so minutes is where like the last thirty or so minutes they really start to explain everything that's yes. kind of happening. Before that, it's kind of it's very James Wanzy yeah. for me in that way where it's like 
Um, he is saying things because you need this. You need the first part in order to make the last part yes. have any relevance. But it felt like James Wan in the way that James Wan is very good at just making horror movies. Yeah. He's just creating good horror cinema. And James Wan, I don't think, in a lot of ways, is often saying a ton with his films. I don't think he's critiquing our society. Yeah, um, agreed. And, and so for the first part of Us, it felt like that. And then once you get the, the last 45 to 30 minutes, you're like, okay, this... You were yeah. saying something over here. Yeah, and I I like in I I like that us feels in a lot of ways the first thirty are really wonderful because it's just an introduction of this family, it's an introduction of the society, you know, with not only their dynamics but the uh, the Elizabeth Moss character and her husband uh, Tim Heidecker. Um, and like that whole section there is really wonderful, and then we get the opening bit of meeting the doppelganger family, and then I guess a little bit earlier that this is where the movie sags to me is this the whole initial conflict between the two doppelganger Wilson families, and then we kind of go back to the Elizabeth Moss family and like we gotta kill them murder hijinks happen, which great murder hijinks. That's where the movie picks back up to me because it broadens its scope again and it allows us to see how this world is affecting each other <laughs> and, and, and what, what the actual stakes of this are. And I appreciate that section again there because we're, it feels like Peel trying to say more again. You know, he, he has small commentaries throughout this film about what American society is and how consumerism affects and capitalism affects American society. There's also very late in the film a very pointed um, a very pointed gold escalator that she goes down into the underworld on. And I couldn't help but be like you, you've kind of made some commentaries to this whole film about capitalism and how that affects the class society and how it creates this class structure. I couldn't help but reference back to the other recent famous gold escalator. And I don't mean to make everything about politics, but like Trump announced his presidential candidacy riding down a gold escalator into the world. Like it just seemed very pointed that we were making some commentaries not only on America but on Trump's America you know and, and how capitalism and consumerism led us to this moment and chuds and chuds so chuds the film yeah uh, you want it's about like these like gleep glops that live in the sewer system that were a failed government experiment yes which so like it's, um, a, it, it's us which Anne was really great because there's a lot of these like you said these little like signpost markers Anne was really wonderful and she the daughter at one point kind of in a non sequitur is like looking at her phone and I was like hey they're putting fluoride, fluoride in the water to control our brains mm -hmm. and then everyone rushes throws it off and I was like oh yeah no that's legit like that was a fact yeah, I like that those little non sequiturs that he has. Well, she's like, why can't I learn to drive? And I was like, she's gonna drive later on in the film. <laughs> I love that they never lose the family dynamic in this film because even in the middle of like murderous rampage, she's like, I'm driving. They're like, no, you're not. I have the highest kill count. <laughs> you killed one. You killed. I've killed two. <laughs> you didn't get the twin. 
Uh, fun fact for those uh, friends, uh, for those who might be f- uh, fans of the film Friends, the twins in the film, Elizabeth Moss and Tim Heidecker's are, kids, are da- are David Swimmers. Uh, not the Sprouse <laughs> twins. They're they're Emma. They're Rachel and I mean yes, it's not it's, it's the daughter though. Yeah, yeah. Did I stutter? Josh? No, you didn't. I'm sorry. You just. <laughs> You said the Sprouse twins. <laughs> no, I said David Schwimmer's kid. He's got two. You have to be more specific. I The female one. There you go. Yes. True story. They're baby Emma on the sitcom Friends. Wow. Yeah. They're just doing a lot of cartwheels on the beach. Yeah. And I was like, I guess that's how you have fun at the beach. I don't know. White privilege. There it is. I don't like going to the beach. Neither does Lupita Nyong'o. Well, that's because she, like, ruined someone's life there. <laughs> That's why you don't like going to the beach. <laughs> no, because of the sand. Don't go to the, because it's it's coarse and it gets everywhere. It gets everywhere and it's not soft. I, like you. And I hate it. <laughs> and then he like wipes the boogers off. Hate sand. <laughs> great, great. We got there. We got to the prequels reference. Also, Josh, I'm a, I'm afraid of like jellyfish. That's a big fear. But they're not in the sandy parts. So, but they're on the water. Don't go in the water. Okay. Well, yeah. Didn't Jaws teach you this? You're right. Yeah. I shouldn't. I just shouldn't leave my house. I can't get on a highway. What well, if a car chases me? Well, there's <laughs> there's glass windows at your house. Something happened. Wow. <laughs> you and Sylvana. You two. You're the ones. What? what? The you pet, make you leave your house? No, the Pet cemetery uh, trailer yeah, came uh-huh. on, right? And, like, she also did the thing of, like, why is it spelled with an S? Thank you! <laughs> and, like, I think my answer is pretty darn good. Yeah? As to why. Because kids wrote it. Yeah? Kids wrote answer. the sign! Yeah. They don't know how to spell cemetery. This, and, and that book is written in a time before the iPhone where you, like, just Google how you spell a word before you have to type it in. There you go. Kylie, question for you. I have an answer. Okay, Pet Cemetery. Yeah, We Hate Movies is going to do an episode with Downtown Griffey Newman. It comes out Monday, so it's already out. On Old Pet Cemetery? I hope so. Oh, great, perfect. Because they're going to do it before the new one comes out. Well, that might be, like, two Mondays from now. Because As... I think it's still Listener Request Month. They just did Battlefield Earth. As someone who I'm going to assume is the podcast expert on Pet Cemetery, me, you, okay, why? Yes. Uh, more of a likelihood that you've seen or read it. I've seen. I don't know if I've actually seen that movie. Like, I have images of the little kid, Michelle Tanner's friend from uh-huh. Full House, like cutting the Achilles tendon. Ooh. Ooh, not okay with that. That's also an yeah, irrational fear. Good. Like, evil children. Uh, yes. If I just want to watch Pet Cemetery, Okay. For the John Lithgow scenes. Uh-huh. And then just straight up leave afterwards. Josh, he's in most of the movie. Dang it. He, he's the one that's getting the tendon cut in this one. Ugh. Oh. Have you not seen trailer... No, I have. Two? 
But I just assume that happened really early. No, the kid has to die first before we can bring her back from the dead. Well, I also assume that happened really early. Well, we gotta kill the cat first and then bring the cat back from no, the no, dead. No, we don't gotta kill the cat. Where's Sigourney Weaver? That's the whole point of why she gets hit by the truck, because the dead cat is in the middle of the road and she runs to it and she gets hit by a truck. This book is written shortly after a similar accident happened to Stephen King. So if I just want to watch And he only published scenes. it because, like, his publisher was like, we need money, Mr. Stephen. I don't need creepy Jason Clark telling me that it's okay that he brought his daughter back from the dead. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Jason what? Clark might not get cheated on in this film. Cheated on by the <laughs> devil, at least. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, you want to just leave after the John Lithgow scenes? Yeah. No. Okay. I don't know if I'll see the movie then. Why don't you want John Lithgow to be like the the priest at the end, like exercising the demons out? I want John Lithgow to be in every movie that there's ever been. I don't. But like, sadly, he's in Daddy's Home Two and Pet Cemetery. No, maybe he doesn't need the money anymore. He's just doing things that sound fun. Sometimes dead is better. He's so good at delivering that line. <laughs> Sometimes dead is better. Alright, friends. That's how the first, the original one says it. Friends, uh, final thoughts on us. Sorry, Kylie. Josh, I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> you don't know what your personal final thoughts are on this film? Yeah, I left the theater a little bit confused. Uh-huh. Uh, thinking about it. Sylvanus sent me, like, eight long texts in a row. Uh-huh. I am working on reading them all <laughs> about her thoughts Should on- Should get back to you soon, Sly. <laughs> Okay, everyone, if you want to... I like this movie. I, I don't know... I, I... You're fine. I like this movie. I don't know if I totally grasp all of its concepts yet, and maybe, like, get out. It'll improve over time as it goes. Um, I think it's definitely my favorite movie of the year so far, but that doesn't mean that it's not a flawed movie. It definitely will not end the year as my favorite movie of the year. How do you know? Fair. <laughs> because Little Women exists, and I already know it's going to be number one. Might not be good. It might not be. Also, part of me is still debating on if I like this or Happy Death Day to you more. So, you know, fine, it's whatever. The commentary in Happy, De Happy Death Day to you is much stronger. Okay, like, Don't mess with time travel! Don't mess with time travel. Okay, but like, I will, I, I will watch Us again. Like, probably. It's gonna happen at some point. I certainly will watch Happy Death Day to you again. Like, that's gonna happen. So, like, that's my conundrum. Friends, I like Us. It's a really good movie. You should also take the time to go see Us and grapple with the ideas in the film. And now it's time to play the Planet Hollywood game. It makes its triumphant return to the podcast. It hasn't been on the podcast in, like, two whole weeks. I wanna read the card. Okay. Alright, films directed by Jordan Peele. You start this one. Get out. Us. Twilight Zone episodes. <laughs> not a movie. He is also not directing, he's just a host and a producer. Uh, certain segments of Keanu. Also not a, oh, maybe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I see, I'm gonna lose both of these. Oh, okay. But well, you won the Jordan Peele one, good yeah, job. Yeah, but because we're friends, I'm gonna do the one for you. Okay. I don't know how you feel about Warren Beatty. 
Okay. okay I'm, 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 so I'm gonna not do the Warren Beatty Okay, one. great. Uh, name different films with Brad Pitt. So seven and then. <laughs> um, Benjamin Button. The Mexican. Oh, that's a good one. Ocean's Eleven. And, and Glorious Bastards. Moneyball. Meet Joe Black. What's going on in Hollywood? Yeah, I went there. Like, I was like, oh, no, that's the one that pops in my brain. What? I'm so mad at myself. Once upon a time in Hollywood. Could have done so many more. Oh, I found a good uh, video of it for you. I want I want you to see this thing. Okay, okay well. So we gotta up, end this. Pull up the video while, right. I, while I end this yeah. nonsense. Hurry up. Hey, friends, if you want to join this conversation, and why wouldn't you? You can do so at friendofafriendpodcast.squarespace.com. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts and iTunes with a five-star review or any star review, as well as hit that subscribe button. I Wicked. Wicked guitar riff. You can also find us it was on a mandolin. Facebook at Friend of a Friend Podcast. Twitter at DWT underscore podcast. YouTube. Ducks Watch Together. Tumblers. Ducks Watch Together. Letterboxd. WACT and Kylie Gallisher. Thank you so much for listening. I've been Josh. I'm Kylie. Quack, 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 quack. quack.